the Virgin Radio Pridecast. Proudly supported by Disney Plus. Celebrating every colour of the rainbow. Hello and welcome to Virgin Radio Pride's Telly Talks, the time of the day where we can hunker down and talk about everything on the box. I'm Benji Potter, a TV fanatic and podcaster. And I'm Rod McPhee, TV editor at The Sun. Each episode we'll be getting to know a different celebrity's viewing habits by having a good old rifle through their personal telly guide. They'll pick up five of their formative LGBTQ plus TV shows and share them with us. From this life to Will Young winning Pop Idol to It's a Sin, there are so many LGBTQ plus TV shows and moments on them to discuss. Now, Rod, so far in this series, we've noticed that LGBTQ plus contestants are so prominent in reality telly. Now, why do you think that is? Well, I guess it's because reality TV shows are such a huge platform. I think it's as simple as that. Also, I guess reality TV shows turn regular Joes into superstars overnight. So they have that decision to make, don't they? When do I reveal this uh, this part of myself? And I guess the answer a lot of them come up with is, I might as well get this out of the way, which is perhaps not the best reason to do it, but maybe it is. Our next guest won ITV's The X Factor in 2009 and has since gone on to sell a whopping 2 million records, including four top 10 albums. This October, he heads back out on the road for a huge celebration of George Michael's life called Freedom. And George Michael most certainly uh, appears in our next guest's TV journey. I'd love to welcome him to Teletalks. It's Joe McEldrin. Hello. Well, Joe, I mean, you've gone on to tour your own music and also appear uh, in musicals like Joseph. Do you have any time to watch telly when you're on the roads? Well, it's a lot of catch up and it's a lot of like streaming platforms, obviously. Um, But you're relying on obviously hotel Wi-Fi and all of them kind of things. But um, I, I do watch a lot of Real Housewives. (laughs) <laughs> on tour <laughs> I'm a little bit obsessed with Real Housewives so that's me and you've always got loads to catch up on and it's like when you've done a show you want something that you don't really have to concentrate on so I can just watch a load of the housewives having a fight and just it's a good wind down after the tour <laughs> do you have a preference do you have a which Real Housewives do you prefer well I actually watch pretty much every franchise yeah um, I'm that obsessed but I would say I love Real Housewives of New York and I also love Top three, Beverly Hills, New York, and Atlanta. You know what we need now is a real housewife of Tyneside. Oh, God. Can, can you imagine? You imagine that, only like if that. I can be on it, though. I want to be on it. Oh, you'd be fit. <laughs> Wouldn't it be good on that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> I, I got, I got to meet one of them. I was in Coachella the other a couple of weeks back, and um, I spotted one of the real housewife's husbands, and I'm that obsessed. I was like... Stop, stop, there's Real Housewives in the vicinity. I've seen one of the husbands. And I turned round and Kyle Richards would stood at the bar. Wow. And I went straight over and was like, I'm sorry, I never ask anyone for a picture. And I went over and was like, can I get a picture, please? I was a real fangirl. I mean, you perform with some pretty big stars, George Michael being one of them, but it's really your crutch is Desperate Housewives. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I can't believe you haven't had your picture taken with anyone more famous than that. Do you really not? Do you just think that's just not the done thing to go and have a selfie with a, I mean, a celebrity? I, I mean, I've had like pictures taken with people like in work situations where they're like, get together, get a picture for a press shot or something. But I don't know. I just always find because I, I suppose because I've, you know, very I'm very fortunate to have to have had people ask me to do that. Then I always kind of just don't want to impose on other people. Do you know what I mean? So I am. Um, 
and I always it's always a bit awkward. It's always a bit awkward if it's a work situation as well, and then you're screaming like a fan girl. I did chase after Beyonce once, actually. I tell a lie. <laughs> but um, did she manage to escape your chase? It was in Hyde Park, and she was she was there to support. She was going for a jog. <laughs> no, she was. Um, it was Jay Z was playing Hyde Park, and I I'm, I had tickets. Like I got invited to this whatever night it was. I think it might have been Wireless Festival, and again. I was like, she's in the vicinity, she's here somewhere. But she did say hello to us, but we didn't get a picture. Wow, she that's amazing enough that she, she said hello. Lovely, yeah. I mean, she didn't have a choice. I was chasing after her. <laughs> <laughs> You'd cornered her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All there was was a corner of two yeah. metal fences, barbed wire. And a lot of security guards be like, get this crazy <laughs> person away from her. <laughs> and a Joe McEldry hungry for a greeting. <laughs> Just when he whipped the taser out, they got really worried. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get started then, Joe. Could you introduce your first telly pick, please? My first telly pick is Big Brother. Um, and Nadia being on Big Brother and winning the show, which was actually probably my, I would say my favourite series of, of nearly any Big Brother, actually. Don't give me, okay, what time is it? Give me the time, please. Give me the time right now. Nadia, I want... please try and take a moment to calm down. I've lost my dignity. I've lost my respect. I've got, I've lost my, my, my God, I've lost it all. I don't want to lose anymore, Big Brother. I really do not want to lose anymore. Do you know what? I want to leave, so clock the time, arrange everything, and I'm living here on grounds because an old soul like 20 years ago guy, okay? An old man. Why did you choose this particular clip? I think I remember when she won, I remember how overwhelmed she was with it all, and I think it was such a beautiful moment. You know, we'd never seen... We've hardly ever seen anything like that on television. Um, and I remember it being a really important topic of conversation. I was still quite young at the time. Um, and obviously the whole kind of storyline of her going through that and and telling the other housemates and explaining things and going through all of those kind of struggles with all of that was... Um, it was not only fascinating to watch, but such a major kind of moment in television. Well, I mean, we'll get on to Corey a little bit later and we might talk about Hayley Cropper, but as a young person watching Big Brother, was that probably the first trans person you'd seen on TV? Absolutely, absolutely. And the first kind of conversations of that that I'd ever seen. So I remember it being such an important moment. And maybe quite a good template for what you'd go through as an LGBT person a bit later on. Yeah, but obviously at the time, I had no idea what was coming my way with, <laughs> with the whole <laughs> X Factor thing because I was young. I think... I think, was that 2006? I think that series was. So I probably would have been about maybe maybe 11 or 12, I think I was at the time. I was very young, but I, I still vividly remember watching it. And I watched it with my mum as well. We used to watch Big Brother. Um, so we watched that together. So I always kind of, it was, it was I, I think it was such a lovely moment in television, actually. What I remember about that was the fact that obviously Nadia was trans but we didn't even have the phrase in common use back then trans no. did we no so it was it was such a new thing that we didn't even know how to almost describe what we were watching in a weird way whereas yeah. these days we would which is quite interesting isn't it that that was almost like the first time that we'd seen something like that and it was perhaps the beginning of a a national awakening to the fact that well here's a section of community we haven't seen before and also just like uh just a dialogue and an open conversation of just things in general of people being able to say how they feel and share who they are 
and being proud of that and i think you know things things like those moments do really show us how far we have actually come as well it's hard sometimes when you see all the negativity you know especially on social media still now and you you still hear absolute horror stories of people going through such struggles um, but it does show you in on the, on the flip side of that that we have come a very long way, which is brilliant. And I think this show's taught us a lot that these moments have often come, as we've talked about earlier today, on reality TV, where yeah. there's no script, there's no often no audience, yes. and there's an opportunity for things to be talked about in an organic way and in yeah. a natural way. Yeah, and that's the best way. The best way is people's personal experiences and people sharing their experiences. It's real life. Did you ever apply to go on BB? No. Is no, it just not your thing? Because I'm guessing you're the sort of person who, you know, you've got an obvious talent. You don't want yeah. to be famous for the sake of being famous. You want to just show off your talent. And if fame comes with that, then fair enough. Is, is that a fair assessment? Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I love Big Brother. Um, and I watched every single series. I was addicted to it. But the thing that would put me off would be just being stuck in a house. For that long, mm. I would be so. I'd be like a caged animal. Mm. Um, so that was why I would never have been able to do it. But as a spectator to watch it, it was fantastic. I'm sure at some point, I'm sure I was asked at some point to do Celebrity Big Brother. <gasps> at some point, quite a few years back, and one of the reasons I, I'm sure I did. You know, you sometimes get lost in these things. Of like, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there was a conversation where somebody said, "Did you want to do it?" There's been a, a, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm sure there was. And I was like, I couldn't be in a house. Well, even the celebrity one—that's only three weeks, isn't it? But mm. I, it wouldn't be for me. I love watching it, but I couldn't be stuck in a house. I'm interested in this because obviously X Factor is a TV talent contest, but sometimes the, the the terms are used interchangeably in the sort of say reality TV contest or reality TV. Yeah, I mean, actually, for someone who's been on it, would you say it was a bit like a reality TV contest? I mean, it's I, I see it's like a pantomime on television. Mm. You know, everybody's everybody's kind of a character, but it's that, that's the same with the likes of like Strictly and things like that. If you watch these shows everybody's kind of there to play the the part of of each thing it's like a chess um puzzle you know mm, mm. um but it's a it is a, a a reality tv show definitely because you know they i mean they didn't we didn't have cameras in the house when we did x factor but pretty much every other work and wake and moment that you're doing stuff you've got a camera behind you following you the whole time the only time we didn't was on a night time really in the house so to us Although you don't get to see all of that footage, we are filming pretty much 15 hours a day. And have you ever imagined what your life would be like now if you hadn't have been on X Factor? What 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 would Joe be doing right now, do you think? Well, I mean, I would hope that like I would have had an opportunity to get into the industry a different way as well, but if not, um I oh, I always wanted to be a paramedic. Wow. Yeah. So I actually went to college to do A levels. Um then I realised I wasn't that academic. Um, and But I was kind of in the process of just before X Factor and then I'd kind of dropped out of A-level college, went to do performing arts and then just thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to apply for the X Factor and see what happens. But maybe I would have been a paramedic, a singing paramedic, eh? Wow. Can you <laughs> imagine that? paramedic. Jo- Joe rocks up, singing his little heart out. <laughs> Punctures your collapsed lung, drains off some fluid. <laughs> I did no, but I did my work experience in a hospital and everything. Like I was always fascinated by um, hospitals and medicine and everything as a child. So that was kind of me. Um, I think I also would have. I feel like I would have been a good cabin crew as well. 
Wow. I don't, I, maybe I would have done that. I don't know. Can you do a cabin doors cross check? <laughs> it's a manual. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop now before this gets any further. Okay. But you, you've you've obviously got a lot of positive, happy memories of X Factor, and obviously people yes. have come forward and say that they have negative and sort of unhappy memories of X Factor. Can you understand how other people have had? I mean, w- did you see or witness anything that you makes you realise? Not everything was good behind the scenes on X Factor, I, I, but I think is I think in any work situation um, and any kind of job, is every situation in a work situation always the most positive experience? No, mm. um, my experience on the show was very positive, but let's be honest, the world of show business and the music industry is it, it can be quite a toxic place to work in, mm. you know, and I, and you know I think things are changing, and I think aftercare on reality television shows is getting a lot better than it was. I still think there's a long way to go with it. But I think, for me, I actually felt... We lived in such a bubble on the show, and I was so young. I I turned 18 on the show. So my naivety at that time kind of almost protected us in a way that I was just so excited to be there. I think, for me, the, 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 the main issues I had were after the show was kind of trying to find your place in such a fast-paced, like, brutal industry and finding your feet and also... I was 18. I wasn't really an adult yet and grown into an adult and I'm 31 now. So like it's took a long time to kind of like learn about the industry and the the kind of the ups and downs that come with it. It's it's a full on industry, you know, it's it, it's and it's it can be a bit m- mental at times. I'm curious, did you ever have a, a crush on any of your co-stars on The X Factor? No, I, I didn't actually. I can't remember who was on in your year. I just remember you, Joe. No, you're lies. Ollie Merz, <laughs> hello. Oh, Ollie yeah. Merz, <laughs> Stacey Solomon, right. Jedward. Um, who else did we have? Daniel Johnson, um, Lucy Jones. We had a really good year. To be well, you fair. had a vintage year. You, yeah. Your your year have consistently worked pretty much the names yeah. you've mentioned. I mean, especially Lucy Jones. You yeah. know, in the Lucy's West End, fantastic. You know, have consistently worked since the show ended, which yeah. is. A lot more than can be said for a lot of contestants before you and a lot of contestants after you. What What do you think? Why? Um, if I knew that answer, I don't. Uh, uh, I wish I did know that answer because I think a lot of the time it's a kind of combination of being at the right place at the right time. Hot, uh, always a bit, a bit of hard work, but also just lucky that opportunities come along your way and grabbing those opportunities. And that's certainly what I've done. You know, I've kind of ran with many of the opportunities that have come and just use them as stepping stones to the next part of my career. But I think um, also it helps that our year was probably one of the most watched years. I think there was then three years around 2009, I think the One Direction year after that, and the year before us, there was like four series where it was like the peak, peak viewing figures that they'd ever had. So that obviously always helps as well because you're reaching more and more people. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Because when people used to ask me back in the day, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I just used to say, I still want to be doing it. Mm. I didn't have any kind of major big plan. And like, this is where I'm going to be in 10 years. I've just kind of, here we are. And I'm 31. <laughs> do, do you ever slightly resent the huge success that Ollie Merz has gone on and achieved? Or are you pr- pleased as punch for him? 
I'm pleased for it, for anyone on the show. I think there's like for some reason with with X Factor, there's this like narrative that like everybody has to be compared to each other and like pitted against each other. But I suppose it's a competitive show, isn't it? Is that, is it that, but, but that yeah, as a viewer you're made to feel a bit like that? I suppose you? so. But then you've got to think like like do you do you kind of compete with anybody in your work situation like every day? Yes. Do you? Exactly, yeah. I mean, I think, what, I think so like most... that sits and eats you up every day and like you're like, I've got to be better than them. I've got to be more successful than them. I think it's probably more It's probably more subtle and constant than that. But but the difference, I would say, with X Factor is, is that you have that intense period of four months yes. where you go from being, excuse the pun, your average Joe on the yeah, street... Yeah, of course, of course, ...to course. being... Christmas number one and mm. and an over literally an overnight yeah. star. It's a much more intense period. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting though. It's it's very interesting to see the but process answer, you went through. To answer your question, no, I'm I'm too busy concentrating on myself first of all. But I wish everybody else on the show always the best of luck. More telly picks from Joe McKeldry coming up. Telly Talks, Virgin Radio Pride. You're listening to Telly Talks on Virgin Radio Pride. We're here with singer and songwriter Joe McKeldry going through his top telly picks. Joe, what a brilliant first pick. We could have spoke about it for the next five hours, but I want to get to this one. Please tell us what it is. This is the Strictly Come Dancing Sim-Sex Parent. This was a hugely significant moment, Johannes and John dancing together on BBC One Prime Time. What did it mean to you? I think it just it's visibility, isn't it? It's visibility on television. And my first thought is, you know, I'm out now. I'm proud of who I am. And and but I thought of like young kids that will be watching that with their families and how comfortable that would have made somebody you know, sitting on their sofa thinking, well, may, am I attracted to a man? Is is that, like, am I allowed to feel that way? And and it instantly that, just by having that on television, that answers somebody's, all of their questions in their mind, that it's okay and it's fantastic and it's fabulous. Do you know what I mean? And would you like to go on Strictly Come Dancing? Is that something you could see yourself doing? I would love to do Strictly. I would love to do Strictly. Have you been asked? Uh, there's been conversations in the past, um, but it's, you know, the the world of kind of television and all of them things, it's always like a bit of back and forwards with it all. Mm. There has been conversations, um, but I, honestly, in my head, I think that I dance like Beyonce. It's probably, that's probably not the case, but I, I would still be entertaining, I'm sure. <laughs> and of course, if you were on it, which pro would you dance with? Who would I want? I'll, I'll tell you who I do love, who I actually have been on a few nights out with. And he is absolutely fantastic. And it's Ali Ash. Ali Ash. Well, he's just, he's quit this year, hasn't he? Oh, has he quit? Yeah, because you didn't sign up in time. That's why. <laughs> he's free now. You can dance with him all your life. Fabulous. <laughs> he, is, he is very handsome. Just that just that pesky wife in the way. Oh, gosh. Oh, he sh- is a fan favourite, though, isn't he? He is very oh, much so. so. And do you know what? We've been on a couple of nights out where we've bumped into, I've bumped into him and Jeanette and we've had so much fun. They're just, they are just such a lovely couple. This isn't a Beyonce situation again when you're chasing him down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Hyde Park, (laughs) selfie. (laughs) So yes, I'd probably pick Ali Ash. You know, your trouble is, Joe, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, is you win everything. 
Well, like, like you, 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 you know, you won X Factor, you won pop star to opera star, and I'm right in thinking you won the jump when you yes, won it as well. Yes. The thing is, I mean, if you enter Strictly, you might as well get the glitter ball now. This know, is the trouble. This is the pressure, though. You see, if, yeah. I, if I do another reality TV show, everyone's going to be like, "Oh well, you didn't win that one." If I didn't, <laughs> how good are you at baking? Dreadful. Oh, brilliant. Let's Absolutely sign you up. Absolutely <laughs> dreadful. But you'll end up winning that as well. Oh, this I, is I, the trouble. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Do you know what I think it is, though? I think when, when you've been on a show like X Factor, people, I think people underestimate what it's like being on a reality television show and what that entails. And even, like, a lot of people who work in the industry who've never filmed a reality TV show before, they get into those situations and they're like, oh, my God, this is, like, something I've never experienced before. X Factor kind of allows you to just go into them situations and just you, you're in there, you're you're in the game and you're ready to go. Well, it must have taught you huge resilience because <laughs> at barely 18, you're in a situation every week where your career could either carry on yeah. or things could come to a halt. Definitely. Not saying it couldn't get started again, but it's it's a lot of jeopardy, isn't it? Yeah, all the time. And, and they love that word as well, jeopardy. <laughs> you have a jeopardy every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was another great pick. What's up next? Um, up next is Coronation Street, the Todd Grimshaw storyline. I care about you. And you care about me. You know you do. I wish I'd never met you. Everything was fine until then. I want this. I want a stable relationship. I want kids. But you want this more. So was watching Corrie a family thing when you were growing up? Yes. I think Corrie's a very northern thing as well. Yes, I um, agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so I used to watch it all the time. Um, I used to watch it with your grandma. Um, and I used to also, as I got older, I used to watch it on my own as well. I mean, and, and what was life like for you growing up in South Shields where you did grow up? I had a fabulous childhood um, and loved kind of... I had a very, very easy childhood. It was just like, if you could describe a childhood of just kind of peace and tranquility and just everything being okay, that was my childhood. I was very, very lucky, actually. And, and did you know that you yourself were gay, uh, say, before the age of 18? And, and would you have been able to have said that in South Shields at that time? I think it's funny, isn't it? Because I think now I would say, yes, I did know. But I think at the time, you go through those kind of feelings of like does everybody feel like this do i am i supposed to be attracted to a man or or, now when i think back of moments i realize that it was an attraction to a man but i think at the time i couldn't quite piece that together in my head of or make sense of was is this what every kind of child goes through as they're as they're getting older does that make sense absolutely you know what i mean i think that would make sense to like all our listeners on this yeah what's so nice about hearing that and which kind of makes me pine for that childhood is there wasn't this desperate need to know it sounds like no not at all and you know my mom my mom and dad separated when i was very young but my mom and dad both worked with um young kids and um my dad then went to to be a probation officer and then my mom was a um youth and community worker so they were used to kind of being around kids and like having those kind of important conversations and my mum's a trained counsellor so it was always an open dialogue as well you know my mum always said you know if 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 
one day you decide that you want to go out with a man that's totally fine so I knew all of those things it still doesn't make it easier you know like I think it's always lovely to know that you know that that's going to be okay but I think um, she, she had those conversations then you do that embarrassed child thing of, what are you talking about no don't be silly like blah 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 but it, it was it like if I could have had a textbook kind of family situation of everything being okay I, I did have that which I was very lucky to have that that's why shows like Corrie, I'd argue, are quite interesting because what they show are regular people in regular backgrounds like Weatherfield or it could be South Shields, it could be mm. Leeds, it could be anywhere. And they're living out these lives, um, you know, love, passion, all those things. And particularly for gay viewers watching gay love stories unfolding yes. in that kind of environment, it has extra meaning, doesn't it? Totally. You know, because finally you go hang on and you make a connection between what you see and what you're feeling right 100%, there and there. 100%. It, it, did you have that kind of feeling when you were watching this on Corrie? Yeah and, and I think I think it's, it, it's, it's also as well it's important for family members to see that because you know it, it's just as important for them to see that and see that that's a normal thing for somebody to feel because it's it, that, that, I, I don't know about anybody else and I'm just speaking from personal experience but the one thing you worry about the most is, is what your family think it's the first thing you think of, you and know. Often our mums. For me, it yeah, was. It's, it's mom, the mums, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so, like, a show like that, like what you're saying, it's so important. And also, you know, I think it's important to see as well, when you come from a small town, it's very much a kind of a small town mentality of, like, everybody knows everyone. And, you know, and that adds to that pressure as well. You know, we all we all come to London. You know, I don't live here, but I, I spend a lot of time here. And you see so many people from all different walks of life. And sometimes you don't always see that in a small town, you know. So when you live there, you think that that's the be all and end all. And everybody in this town's going to care and it's going to be outrage. And then you step outside of that one. You're like, oh, OK. Like, there's more people like me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 talking of soaps, I mean, is this your next challenge? Do you think, you know, you've done oh, the soap. job and Strictly, you know, would you, would you ever go into acting? Yeah, I mean, I, I reckon I could be a good, uh, I could be a good land uh, lord of the uh, Queen Vic or something, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my pub. Well, actually, Jodie Prenger recently has just signed up to be in Coronation Hash. Street. Oh, I love Jodie. Yeah, so oh, that's great. I didn't know that. Yeah, just just uh, very, very recently. She'd make so. a fabulous landlady. Yeah. She'd be brilliant. I mean, if they ever do do a soap opera in Newcastle, you'd be a shoe in, wouldn't you? I, mean, I hope uh, so. They'd better. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or that or Real Housewives of Tyneside. Yes. <laughs> you, do you want to be my agent? I know. <laughs> Johnny, need, need, to, be, need be to create the, the shows first. It'd be the first thing he's good at, though. <laughs> wow. 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 Yes. wow. Cheers. Cheers. me. Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more from Joe McAldry on Virgin Radio Pride. Teletalks. Virgin Radio Pride. Welcome back to Telly Talks on Virgin Radio Pride. Joe McKeldry is our guest today and he's picked some brilliant telly moments. What else is on your list, Joe? This, one of my ultimate, ultimate favourites, Will and Grace. Over there, honey. The slob in the dark glasses. Are you sure that's her? Axel, if you are not going to finish that, Mummy will. All right? <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> Well, what was it about Will and Grace that you love so much, Joe? 
I loved the, I just loved the dynamic first of all of all of the characters and I just remember thinking when I when I first watched Will and Grace I remember thinking how much fun would it be to live in that apartment you know just all of that <clears throat> hustle and bustle going on every time the door flung open you got like a camp routine from Jack McFarland then Karen would come in with the fabulous outfits it was I don't know I just from the minute I saw that show and, and again Mimi Mam used to watch that all the time and I would then go and imitate Karen Walker um, after watching the episode <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I mean if that wasn't a prelude to your coming out I know <laughs> I did actually I did actually once in Benidorm um, we went to, Benid- <laughs> went to Benidorm on a family holiday and they had a wig shop you know like you know they sell them like ponytails that you can attach to the back of the caps and things and I actually got my cousin I was like can you dress us up as Karen Walker how nobody knew and she walked us around the hotel dressed as Karen Walker <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got to get that photo it, to put I out with this I actually do have show. the I had like, uh, what I can only describe as like the kind of glasses that Anastasia wears, you know, like the pink yeah. rose tinted glasses yeah. kind of style and then a big updo thing and a fur coat. <laughs> and I watched she was at a date, wandered down the breakfast hall. And did I think you? I did, yeah, I'm sure I did. Oh, you did a great job of hiding <laughs> your sexuality there. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person to pick this. This is the interesting thing. Another guest said that the show made a real difference to them. And partly they were saying that because Will was kind of what you call, I don't know, a straight-laced man. You know, yeah. he, he was he was a gay man, proud, but he wasn't brazen. And and did that make a, did that make a difference for you? Because that you had four very different characters all within that gay orbit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For me, that was what I loved about the show. Was that, they, yeah. they, was that what you liked about it too? Yeah, but I also think it was like, it was done with such it was like even the jokes about them being gay was done with such warmth and so cleverly yeah. written yeah that it was just it, it was almost like they kind of were humoring this themselves as well like as yeah. the characters which kind of just added to that kind of again this is so normal like it's all great and this is the world that you can live in and it'll be fabulous and i think um at the time obviously i didn't realize that was probably why I connected with it so much. But now, as you see it as an adult, like you're like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And, and can you, you also mentioned Beverly Leslie as well. Yes. Can you explain to our listeners who Beverly Leslie was? Beverly Leslie is, um, well, he was, the, he was like the rich... He was like the rich kind of arch ne- nemesis of Karen Walker. He was kind of like the the, the short, stumpy. Yeah, he kind did Big of... Brother, didn't he? The guy who Leslie he did. Jordan. He yes. did. Yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he was he was a great. There were so many great characters on the show. Like not just the central four, but then they had little spin-offs. You remember um, Gracie's mum? Yes, Debbie Absolute, Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds, God rest her soul. Yeah, she was fantastic and, on it, wasn't and, she? And also think of the like the pop icons that they had on there as cameos: J Lo, Britney. Madonna, yeah, Cher. Oh, she was on it. She was on it twice. <laughs> That's how camp it was. It was brilliant. It no. was honestly. I still can. I've got. I've got all of those shows, and I've, I think I've still. I mean, obviously, I don't use a video player now, but I've still got all of the videos that I bought of. of, of I ordered them box sets. Yeah. Um, and I, I can watch it all day long. I love it so much. I think it's really interesting as well. There's, there were lots of shows around that time that were either new, new kind of gay inverted comma shows or they had that sort of sensibility to it you know you had like sex in the city queer as folk they all kind of emerged around about the late 90s but what, what was it about this that you liked more than those other shows sort of thing do you think it was there was a gentleness a comedy to it that you liked yeah i think so and i think like uh, for me like you just saw those you saw those kind of um strong women 
with with both Jack and Will, they both had these like female sidekicks next to them, and I think you know we've all got friends like that. That you know, like like now, I'm very lucky that I do have friends like that. That when you're with them, it's just like this absolute, just fabulous kind of fantastic fun camp, over the top laughing, imitating each other, all of that stuff. So yeah, I mean, what you two are laughing? Do you not have them friends? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, we are those friends. We are those friends oh, well, to each good. other. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But how important is it to have that? You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much the world to Benji's grave. <laughs> <laughs> so neither of you are Karen Walker. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we know a few Karen Walkers. Yeah. Say, so. <laughs> we'll be back with Joe McAldry's final top telly pick. Telly Talks, Virgin Radio Pride. Unfortunately, Joe, we've come to your final Teletalks pick on Virgin Radio Pride and we're ending with a huge and seminal reality TV moment. Yes. What is it? Um, this is Will Young winning Pop Idol. Of Pop Idol 2002 is... Will! Now, I remember this so vividly. I think just months after it, I sung a Will Young uh, song at my auntie's wedding. It was such a huge cultural moment. Huge. What did it mean to you? Well, I remember, I was still at school at the time, and I remember the week before the final of this show, everyone was like, who are you voting for? Is it Will or is it Gareth? And everybody at home, I remember, I think we sat at my uncle's house. He had it on a big telly. And half the family wanted Gareth to win, half the family wanted Will Young to win. <laughs> I remember it being like such a big deal. People were rowing in the kitchen about it. <laughs> no, it should be this one. Um, but I remember it was such a, a fantastic moment. And obviously, little did I know what was uh, I was going to be in a similar situation in, well, probably probably about 15 years later after that. So, um, yeah, amazing. And which... Who were you behind? Sorry, you're going to ask the same question there, weren't you, Benj? But who were you behind? I did, I did want Will Young to win. Why? Because I just thought his voice was fantastic um, mm. and I loved his voice. Um, and I, I thought Gareth was great as well, I do have to say that, because um, I actually know Gareth as well. I know, I've know i met them both, they're both lovely. But um, I did want Will to win. Mm. He, he, was, he was very talented. And he put Simon Cowell in his place. Anyone that can put Simon Cowell in their place uh, deserves to win a talent show. <laughs> and when you meet people that have been on TV talent shows, do you ever compare notes and experiences? Because it's a very unique thing that only a few people in yeah. this country will go through. Yeah, I think... I, I haven't... I've, I have spoken to other people about about the, the shows. I've, I've never spoken to Will or Gareth about that, but I do think you just have an understanding amongst each other of what everybody went through. Because it is... Uh, you know, I've done some pretty incredible things like since X Factor that have been amazing and I've worked on schedules and really like kind of grueling schedules, but I'm yet to find a job or something that ever will match to the intensity of that show because I think it teaches you so much in such a short space of time and it's like an experience like no other. Uh, like it is not for the faint-hearted. And I mean, talking about X Factor, I have to mention you singing with George Michael mm. in the final. Obviously, he's not with us anymore. No. But what was that like? Did you realise how important it was at the time? You were so young. I mean, I did. I did know because my mum was the biggest George Michael fan. So I grew up listening to all of his music and was obsessed with him as well through kind of her love of it always being playing in the house. And they didn't, um, 
they didn't so, so on the, on the, when you get through the final on the, the next day on a monday you go to the studio and they give out the songs and everything so on the monday they'd said to stacy and ollie right we've got your duet, duet partners robbie williams was singing with ollie michael bubbly was coming on to sing with stacy and they said we haven't quite worked we haven't got yours down yet joe and there's me thinking that's because nobody wants to sing with me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but genuinely, because I was like, well, why have they got duet partners and I haven't? <laughs> and um, and it went on and on and on all week. Little did I know they were obviously negotiating to try and get George Michael on the show. And I think as well, what is important to say, at that time, to have somebody of that level of musical kind of... He was a musical icon. And, you know, X Factor kind of had its lovers, but it also had its haters in terms of people in the music industry. It was a massive deal to get somebody like George Michael on the show. Um, and I just remember, I found out at midnight on the Thursday before the final, and one of the producers called and said, listen, we've managed to secure it. He's coming on the show. You're going to rehearse with him on Saturday. I rang my mum and my mum was like, there's no way. She was like, there's no way he is coming on the show to sing with you. She was like, I just can't even believe that'll be happening. It was, it was an incredible moment. And he was so lovely as well. Did you ever see him after that moment? Do you know what? One of my actual biggest regrets is that um, he invited me and Cheryl out for dinner um, the week after I won. We were going to meet up, but I was in the middle of that whole Rage Against the Machine um, chart battle promotion thing, and I was literally flying here, there, and everywhere. And the one day that we could do, the schedule ended up changing. I was somewhere up in Scotland or somewhere doing some sort of promotional thing. And we never got to have that dinner. But I imagine that would have been like one of those moments that you would have always remembered. But he did invite him. Um, we had a lovely cup of tea in his Winnie Bago dressing room outside of Fountain Studios in Wembley. Um, me, him and Cheryl. And I just remember sat there as an 18 year old. And he was in his dressing gown. Cheryl was in her dressing gown. And I was in mine. Everyone's getting ready for the show. And we just sat having a cup of tea. And I remember just being sat there thinking, what is my life? Like, this is just crazy. And he was so lovely and gives some great advice about the industry. You must turn not being able to do that dinner, though. That must be like when you look back. Is that no. not like one of the biggest regrets of your life? I know you couldn't have done anything about it. Yeah. But if you could have turned back time with a click of a finger... Would you do that? Would you go back? Oh, and I would have. have I think. I, I just think to to have to to sit at a dinner table with somebody of uh, with who's had that much success, but also so talented and was so lovely. And um, one, I have to say, one of the most humble, down to earth people that I've ever met. And I've met I've met a lot of people, some who could probably get away with being badly behaved because they're so talented <laughs> and some who definitely couldn't um, and I would say he could, probably could have gotten away with being really horrible and I still would have loved him but he was incredible he was one of the nicest people I've ever met well I think it's just worth mentioning at this point that you will get a huge chance to celebrate his life yes. won't you um, in October because you're heading out on tour yes we're going out on the Freedom Tour to celebrate all of the music of George Michael um, which we're going all over the UK um, through October, and I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm thrilled to to be doing it, and um, just so much incredible music, you know. And you know, important to see as well the things that he did for for the the community as well by coming out and also suffered a lot of negativity in his career because of it, and kind of paved the way for a lot of people. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to to celebrate the fantastic music that he created for this world. Just before we let you go, Joe, I wanted to ask you, X Factor was axed last year. Yes. How did you feel when you heard that news? Such a big part of your career. Um, I think it was ready for a break. I do think it was ready for a break. Um, but I think, I'm sure it'll come back in some way, shape or form. 
you know I, 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 I love my time on the show and it's given me an uh, incredible career you know th- it was 13 nearly 14 years ago now so I, I, I would never have a bad thing to say about the show um, and I'm sure it'll be back in some way shape or form but do you think it would have to come back in a more soft form shall we say I mean Louis Walsh recently said that it's too woke our current age to have X Factor in its more brutal form, like as it as it was perhaps when you were on there. Do you think that it would have to change for the today's day and age? I think, I, I think, um, how do how do I say this? I think people don't want to see people being tore apart on television anymore. I think times have moved on, and people do, it, that kind of brutal honesty and kind of like literally people's world falling apart on television on live television it makes people feel uncomfortable now and they don't that's not what people want to see so and and i get that like i think like towards the end of it when they started bringing in all of these six chair challenge things and telling somebody that they're through but sit there for 20 minutes and then we're going to kick you off the chair and send you home uh, that's not fun i think back in the day it used to be really fun and it was about you know um, like, like so much more than just kind of standing there singing. There was like a fun element to it. And then it got a little bit too, I don't, I don't know what the word is for it, but just just a bit too brutal, I think. And I think if it came, and social media has changed the way people view things now, you know. Um, I think you can log on straight on after going on a television programme, type your name in and find out instantly what everybody thinks of you in a second. And that's a, that's a, a, a weird space to be in you know when we, when I did the show Twitter didn't even exist so we, we've moved on I think and I think if it came back it would it would need to be a bit more nice perhaps when it comes to reality TV what people want to see are the Nadias of this world telling their yes. stories 100% hit the nail on the head Joe McEldry thank you so much for coming on Telly Talks I've loved your picks you've chosen some great telly moments you've been listening to Virgin Radio Pride's Telly Talks I've been Rod And I've been Benji, and we'll see you next time.